What's up, everybody? My name is Mario, and this is Straight Out of Islington, an Arsenal podcast, or SOI pod. Thank you for listening. We truly appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to listen to us banter a little bit about the mighty Arsenal. Check out our website at anchor.fm slash SOI pod, or check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcasting catcher apps. And now, enjoy the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Straight Out of Islington, an Arsenal podcast. My name is Mario, of course, and today, as always, I am joined with Ryan. Ryan, how are you? Oh, it's been a been a rough weekend, and um, you know, some some questions being asked, and, and we're we're starting to second guess maybe some things going on in Arsenal world. So it's all, but that that's football, isn't it? Was is it always going to be? roses and trophies uh forever so we're we're in the thick of it the season is upon us and now we can fully really get stuck in in the discussions that, and that that's what this podcast and many others are all about so uh we got a little controversy some you know some debates to be had but it's good it's it's healthy we're gonna get process it all and that that's the healthy way to do it so uh, here we are exactly like um it, it such as the life of being an Arsenal fan where, you know, Arsenal are very cryptic at times. And I, and I know that all clubs are pretty much cryptic, but I think Arsenal is like extra cryptic when it comes to their like movements and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, there's a couple of discussion points. Obviously the, the Leicester city match is a big one. Um, and then there's some comments coming out of uh, Mikel Arteta just before the Vienna match, um, which I wanted to sort of speak to you about, um, so we'll get more into that, but let's start off with the, uh, the Leicester city match that was atrocious. So, uh, you know, I, I want to get your, just, just your initial thoughts. Like what, what did you think of the lineup? Like just everything in general? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, um, as a whole, I think first 45 minutes, pretty good, pretty, pretty positive, some definite progress and, and positives to take away that half of football, I think. Um, looking at the lineup, I mean, I think everyone was, I was happy, you know, looked like a 4-3-3. I think we were playing our, you know, I mean, obviously Willian was out injured, so he wasn't available, but you had a front three of, um, you know, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Pepe, pretty good on paper. Um, Pepe started, right? Yeah. Um, so pretty good on paper. You had Saka. Um, it's kind of, I guess, a wing back. Um, so maybe, yeah, was it was it a back four, really? Was it a uh, oh, no, sorry. Know, back Pe- five? Pepe didn't Pepe start. Didn't start. Yeah, no, yeah, it was so Saka, right. Lacazette, yeah, and Aubameyang. Right. My bad, my bad. That's what I meant. You know, yeah, that was my fault. I said that first. Uh, so, yeah, so it was Saka on the left, uh, Lacazette to the middle, and Aubameyang kind of newly and weirdly out on the right to start. Um, but that was kind of interchanging, um, three man midfield, Thomas, 
uh, Danny and Shaka, which again on paper seems decent enough, should be able to create some things, maybe have, have some control in midfield. And I, th- I think we did uh, in the first half. Again, positive signs. Lacazette's goal should have should have stood for me on the on the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it, you know, we don't have to spend too much time complaining about referees or VAR or the the process, but it seems like they took like five seconds to look at it. And, and, and obviously they didn't look at all of the available angles because I even thought when they showed the the TV replay angle that, yeah, it looked like Xhaka was in Schmeichel's line. He was, you know, in a, in a way interfering with his ability to dive for the ball and then therefore was in play and okay. Offside. Then you see the reverse angle and he's nowhere near Schmeichel. Schmeichel's moving over to his near post he kind of does a half step, half dive. The ball's already past him. Jaka jumps out of the way, doesn't interfere with the ball, doesn't stop Schmeichel or is in his line of sight. So why is it offside? And it, there's, there's no way the VAR referee could have seen that angle and come up with that conclusion. So again, it's it's more it's more hazy, uh, lack of transparency in the process. Why didn't the referee? take a look at it on the field. He's got a monitor, use it. Um, you know, so questions will never get answered, but more inconsistency with VAR. But, um, and Lacazette also had another brilliant chance mm-hmm. from a tyranny cross that, that Louise played that diagonal ball that he was playing all the first half over to tyranny who, who put it on a, on a platter. Lacazette just doesn't get good contact with his head and it goes out, you know, for a, yeah, corner kick or goal kick, but uh, he's got to bury that. He just has to bury it. Um, I think we had 11 total shots that first half. So again, numbers are going up, not great quality chances, all of those, but um, we were, we were dominant. Um, they were obviously set up. They didn't even play a recognized striker until Vardy got subbed on. So they were clearly looking to set up basically, you know, nine outfield players behind the ball and make us, play it out wide and, and break them down from those angles. And when we did, um, you know, second half, uh, I think we combination of, of, we ran, we ran out of steam. We ran out of legs. Um, we ran out of ideas more than anything. Um, I think talking about this game, we also have to talk about um, Thursday's match. Cause I think that um played a big part in our performance on Sunday, which was we, a lot of our, our starters on Sunday played on Thursday. We didn't have the legs in the second half. I think that was a mismanaged team selection, both Thursday and then that, which, which had an impact on Sunday, for example, um, you know, looked like David Louise had been, been carrying a bit of a knock, I think going a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Uh, now look, injuries can happen. Muscle injuries can happen at any point. I'm not necessarily suggesting because he played on Thursday that he, that directly led to his injury, which him having to come off. But again, you're talking about a 35 year old defender. Shouldn't have to be, shouldn't be playing Thursday, Sunday. Shouldn't, we shouldn't need to have to play David Louise, who's arguably our best defender, you know, uh, our most experienced defender, certainly one of the first players on the team sheet. We shouldn't have to play him in the Europa League group stages to 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 get by. Um, Bukayo Saka should not have been starting, should have been playing Thursday and having to play Sunday. He's just come off an international uh, 
break his first call up, first senior call up. He's got a ton of minutes early on the season. He's still 19 years old. He needs to be rotated in and out of the squad. Why, why doesn't his start on Thursday go to a Reese Nelson? Mm-hmm. Don't understand. If you're telling me Reese Nelson isn't good enough to start against Austria Vienne, then we need to sell him or we need to send him out on loan. It's that simple. Um, so he plays these guys. And then, he, of course, he brings on Bellerin. He brings on Aubameyang to save the match because he has to because the guys that he started didn't get the job done. So all that all that rolls into Sunday. Now, obviously, listen, you're playing in Europe. You're going to have the issue of fatigue, rotating. But he's not rotating. And he's not. I don't think he manages he's – not, he's not managing the minutes well so far. Um, and we just completely ran out of gas in the second half. Everyone, I mean, mm-hmm. Saka got the, got the tackle. He got that knock. He he wasn't the same. I think he was tired from the start. He was, you know, sloppy for him. Uh, missed a few chances. Um, Hector wasn't too sharp. Uh, he had that ball over the top from Louise that he miscontrolled. That should have been a, a better touch. So all, all these things go into where you where you're having to play your your nailed on starters in the Europa League because you either don't trust your backups or the backups simply aren't good enough, which which could be a combination of both. But either way, you you, you have to you have to pri- you definitely have to prioritize the league this early on. Yeah. Um, and again, if guys like you know where where is Ainsley Maitland Niles? You're telling me he can't get a started right back over Cedric, and that therefore you have to bring on Bellerin to play him more minutes. Again, 18 months off of a major knee injury. Um, but Maitland Niles was was Arteta's guy at, at, after a restart, and you know in the, in the cup games, telling him how how valuable he was. He has barely he's barely featured this season. You tell me he can't play as, as either fullback um, against the Europa League competition. I, William Saliba, again. Oh. You could have a whole pod, a whole podcast on, mm-hmm. you know, wh- where he is. He needs time. He shouldn't be playing. Shouldn't be rushed. He's one for the future. You're telling me William Saliba, who's got over 35 senior appearances for for Saint Etienne in, in, in France before coming to Arsenal, you're telling me he's not ready, either physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, tactically. He's not ready to play against. Vien, Dundalk, and Molda. That is, <laughs> if, if I'm supposed to believe that, then we, then we've made a massive mistake, because a guy, a guy as talented as who as he is, we paid thirty million pounds for him two years ago, has to be has to be able to play against these teams, and because he's not, he's not even in the squad. You have to play Louise, you have to play Gabrielle, all of these matches because you have injuries, and and or now when Louise gets injured, which he did against Leicester. You have to bring on a Mustafi who hasn't played in like six months, who's clearly not match fit. He's clearly not ready, had no business playing in that match. He hadn't played an under 23s. He hadn't played a closed doors match to prepare him to, to play in, play in a senior match. And he, and he subs him on and he gets burned for the goal. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the, one of the players who got burned for the goal. He also got burned. He got, he got absolutely torched by Vardy after that, which Leno saved. 1v1 but he clearly wasn't ready so so again you're telling me a William Saliba who's 19 six foot four supposed to be the future of the Arsenal defense for decade to come he's not good enough to, to make the bench and, and come on for an injured Louise against Leicester 
Now, I understand there, there's different settling in periods. He, you know, he had the issue, uh, you know, his mother passed away, new country, COVID. He hasn't been able to settle maybe like, but again, I got to believe this, this kid is talented. He's good. We, we've seen what he can do. He, he captained Saint-Étienne against a win against Lyon in, in their massive derby last season. Had the bullhorn, was in the crowd. You can't tell me he's not like mentally ready to play some minutes for this team right now. You, I, I just I have a hard time believing that. And and, it, and if he isn't, then then we've made a huge mistake. We've 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 wasted thirty million, which we can't afford to do. Um, so I think there's some some huge, um, I would say overly cautious team selections and substitution patterns that we've seen from Mikel Arteta that are that are concerning to me. Uh, I think overall the pattern of play, again, um, too slow. The, the tempo completely sideways, backwards. We saw Xhaka and Ceballos, they're midfielders in theory, but they're basically playing as like fullbacks in their in their average position. The way they where they pick up the ball, they're picking it up on the touchline. So you say, oh well, that, that's where the space is because they're crowding the middle. It doesn't matter. They they want they want their mid our midfielders to have the ball seventy yards from goal on the touchline. Who who what can they do from there? They got one option: play it up the line, in which they'll have to get it right back because they're, the touchline is another is another defender, or they got to play it backwards or sideways to a central defender and just recycle it around the halfway line, which is what we're doing most of the match, anyways. So we and and to me that's a that's a tactic of let's play it safe. Let's be secure in possession, but we won't take too many risks in the middle of the park where they could turn us over and encounter because that's what they want to do. Yeah. So I, what I see from Arteta is he's worried, again, a bit, a bit kind of like Emery was. I think he's too worried about the opposition and what they're going to do, and he's afraid to um, impart Arsenal's talent and ability onto other teams. Don't don't worry so much. Don't worry completely about the other team's game plan and tactics. What are you doing to go out and win the game? And I don't. And, and it, it it's definitely a gulf in, in quality and in ability. Um, you look at that. You look at that team. That starting eleven. Other than Bakayo Saka, who's creating goals in that team? Who's creating? You know, who's taking the ball, turning, dribbling, running at defenders, either beating a man playing a through ball who's creating something out, out of nothing. That that's, that's what you, that's how you beat a low block. That's how you be a pack. So you beat a packed in defense. Well, Aubameyang doesn't do that. He, he's a goal scorer. Lacazette certainly doesn't do that. Um, although in that system, he's supposed to be dropping deeper to, to draw defenses out. He's not doing it. You, you saw so many times there's, there's a great screenshot going around. I think uh, Louise has the ball. Party's pointing one way. Ceballos is pointing this way. Jaco's pointing this way. You have five attackers in a line against Leicester's five defenders. You have Bellerin, or I don't think Bellerin's in the picture, but you have uh, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Saka, and Tierney all standing on a single line. What, hmm. what do you do with that? Nobody's running. Nobody's making a run behind. Nobody's coming short. Nobody's making a diagonal run off of that first movement. So, so it's just static and. Of course, you're not going to create chances that way because there, there's no, there's no, you're not creating angles. All you're doing is you're playing five, you know, five in the back, four in the middle, 
and and all you're doing is passing it around. So to me, that's it's a scared conservative tactic of let's let's control the game, let's have some stability defensively, which he has brought to this team. But it's not it's not a tactic, it's not an ideology that's going to say, yeah, we're, we're just going to we're going to go out and win this game. We're going to go out and get numbers forward, get guys in the box, get guys in the middle of the pitch, create create chances, put them under pressure, make them defend us for 90 minutes. We don't do that. And that's, you know, and then Vardy comes on um, exactly as they planned it, right? Wait, bring them on 25 minutes to go, hit, hit counter balls over the top through the middle. All it takes is, for some reason, we switch, switched to kind of a back three where Xhaka was the left center back defending a quick winger in, in, uh, in Under who came on. Uh, very good signing by them, by the way, on loan. That's a smart signing. You buy a talented, uh, young, tricky, quick player like that who can create. Of course, you know, Shaka's ball watching because he's a midfielder. He's watching the <laughs> midfield. Uh, great ball over the top. And then Vardy, you know, Mustafi's jogging. And 1-0, game set match. There it is. And, um, again, it goes, it goes back to are we trying to win games? Are we trying to, are we trying to impose – ourselves on the teams or are we just trying to not let teams impose themselves on us too much and then figure out where the goals are to come from after the fact to me it's not it's not sustainable it's not and we've seen that from our attacking numbers it just hasn't been good enough and it hasn't been threatening enough to to put teams away and you know Lester Lester played Thursday too so you know they they weren't at full strength they didn't have um Soyuncu arguably their best defender. They didn't have their best central midfielder in Didi. Party didn't start. Um, so it's not as if they were, you know, walking in here full strength and, and full, fully rested. So poor performance, uh, poor tactics. I think a lot of questions have to be asked fairly. And, you know, quite simply, are is he getting the most out of these players right now? And I think the answer is, pretty clearly is no. Um, so sorry, that was a long winded rant that, that kind of went all over the place, but that, that's kind of the the questions I have af- after that match. And that's the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> right. No, Ryan, uh, you, you basically, um, talked about a lot of things there. So let's just digest it a little bit. I, I know that you were talking about the lineups and you were talking about poor team selection. Um, and, 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 you know, you were, you were talking about, uh, William Saliba and, and whatnot, which, which to me, I honestly thought he was going to start, uh, or at least be on the bench. Cause there was some sort of indications somewhere on, on, on social media about, about him. So it was really interesting. Um, but I guess my, my, my questions are, um, number one, I wanted to talk about Obama. Yang. Everybody's talking about Obama Yang right now. He hasn't mm-hmm. scored since signing the ting. Um, like he, I mean, that's basically what five games, six games. He hasn't, ex- Has, hasn't scored five premier league. matches. Yeah. Five yeah. premier league matches. So coming off of what, uh, 20 plus goals last season um like that that's concerning he's not getting any service right he it must be not getting any service or he's not playing in the proper position because i mean i don't think it's the proper position because he was 
mainly a winger last season, was he not? Or am I incorrect in saying yeah. that? I mean, he, yeah, he started from the left. A lot of the times he ended up centrally or he would cut in. Yeah. So it's not necessarily, you know, where, where he, where his number is on the, on the team sheet graphic. Uh, the problem is, yeah, he, he's, he's where he's getting the ball is on the left wing. I mean, he had, he created that chance for Bellerin, um, you know, we cross it from the left and he came in on the volley, but that, that, that's not where you want your 25 goal a season striker playing or, or, or getting his touches. Um, he had one chance where he, where he drifted. He, again, he came in front. I think it was. Um, I think he, I think Ceballos put in the cross. No, it was from Tierney. It was from Tierney on the left side. Yeah. And he got underneath it, headed it over to goal. But um, you know, so so there, there there's moments when he when he will come inside, but you have to have he comes inside when there's support from Saka or Tierney or another midfielder who's occupying that space. There's nobody else occupying that space. And Lacazette is standing there through the middle. He can't then go stand on top of Lacazette. You know, it, it, it's two guys occupying the same space. The problem is we're not getting – he's not getting support from from behind him, either from that – well, from the midfielder, essentially. Again, the, the, the left-sided midfielder. Um, well, in this case, even he played on the right. But either way, both Shaka – who's, again, not a box-to-box midfielder. He's not going to provide that that forward support. He's terrible. Um, he was he was pulled out all the way to the left, basically as a you know left back, left center back, and then Ceballos on the right was pulled out to the right wing, and so it's easy to defend because even if Aubameyang make you know as movement, you're still you're still one for one, or you're still you're two for one if he goes centrally mm-hmm. against the center backs. You need a perfect cross or perfect times you know through ball, and that that's that's a you know low percentage to to create quality chances that way. So. We we need support from from midfielders, flooding the box, making those support runs. Um, we got interior wide players who would take out those positions. Saka does do it. Um, you know he he's probably our only player uh, that, that that plays that shows the ability and the wherewithal to kind of sit in that pocket, in behind the, the opposition midfielders, in front of the defenders. What it does, even if you're not going to get the ball the majority of the time. It makes the defenders come out, come off their line, open, and that opens up the space. Mm-hmm. Then the striker, can, then the striker can can roll in behind. Then the wing back can come in behind when the when the line is pushed up. If you have that interior player move slightly upfield and show for a pass, they got to respect it. They got to recognize it. They got to they got to cut that lane out. If no one's there, that all they have to do is defend in a straight line and and deep and deep. So so there's no space in behind and there's nobody in front of that. To, to alleviate the pressure. So, so where do you go? You know, there's, there's, there's no, there's no option to pass there. Um, the guy, you know, the guys like, and this, this might rub a pe- some people wrongly, but guys like Awobi, Mkhitaryan, you know, say what you want. Those guys operate in those spaces. They would, they would drop, pick up the ball, turn and face, and then make the defense, make the defender, make a decision. Are you going to come to the ball or are you going to come to the runner? And it opens up gaps. And then there's where you get those little through balls from, you know, 10 yards outside the penalty box into the box or the little crosses, you know, when Doozy would play some of those crosses where you pick up the ball, drive forward, and then guys would run off. And then, you you know, a little curled kind of cross through ball action. Nobody's nobody's even occupying those spaces to, to even consider that. So um, 
you know, it's a personnel, it's, it's a instruction, it's a tactic, right? I don't think Ceballos wanted to take himself all the way over to the right wing and not occupy a middle space. But uh, so it was clearly, it was clearly an instruction by Arteta. Um, and I think we have, I think we do have a Granit Xhaka problem. Mm. Um, He's terrible. I think, I think Granit Xhaka and Thomas Partey to a larger extent do too much of the same thing. Mm. And, and let me be clear. Thomas Party does those things a lot, hell of a lot better than Grant Jacka. One hundred percent, right? Thomas Party can actually receive the ball, let it run, let it run across him, and and, and dribble into space. He can he can go sideline to sideline. Jacka mm-hmm. doesn't do. We know what he. I mean, he doesn't run. He doesn't run. He doesn't move. He doesn't look up. He is a recycler in those tight spaces, mm. um, which is fine, but it doesn't doesn't lead to creation. Doesn't lead to chance creation. So. I think we have a Granit Xhaka problem. I think we have a obviously a lack of a creator problem, whether that's a wide player, whether it's a number ten. Um, I think we have a utilization of space problem. Mm. But that you know, there's no. I, I can't think that Arteta is going to look at his film and be like, "Oh no, the idea to to split our midfielders wide that 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 wasn't the issue." You know, whether he tried that and just got it wrong and said, "Hey, okay, it will adjust," but I, I haven't seen from him yet the ability to adjust from a tactic. I, I think it's a mentality issue. I think he's stuck in we have to we have to defend by any means. We have to be solid defensively. Okay. And I don't think I don't think he can quite yet work out how to go from being solid defensively and have a mix of attacking intent as well. I think the way he's, he's setting up his team is just to be solid defensively, not concede a ton of chances, which we haven't, and then find goals from your Aubameyangs, your Lacazettes, you know, where we go go wide and come inside. But it, it's not it's not working. It's let, not working right now. Let, let me ask you this: so it, clearly, clearly, there's a trust issue uh, with Mikel Arteta and some players. Do you also think? And I don't know. You just got me thinking. Do you think there's a trust issue amongst the players? Because, like, I mean, there's certain times where, like, and I don't know if this is just me, but, like, there's just, it doesn't seem like there's any team cohesion. That no, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, being, like I, like you were saying, Obama Yang clearly works better on the left-hand side with Tierney. Um, we know that has been working. Um, but then he's on he's on the right side. So, I uh, is is there trust? Because you started to see a little bit of players getting on at each other this match. Yeah, like, I, I think I think what more than anything, also we have failings of, of transfer policies and transfer decisions. Just look at our front three. We we have arguably one of the best goal scorers in all of world football, mm-hmm. who definitely can make the case he he's regressing in terms of his ability. Although I think that's a little harsh because of his lack of chances and, and where he's playing. But um, we have this player in Obama Yang who for some reason, the manager is deciding that he would rather have him being played out wide and have the majority of his touches not be in and around the penalty area, in and around the goal area where he's the most effective in order to, to accommodate a 53 million pound signing in Lacazette, 
which those two were bought in the same window, by the way. Um, and a 72, 72 million pound signing to Nicola Pepe from the right, who, and I think it's safe to say those three, they simply don't, they don't gel. Mm-hmm. Both their styles, their understanding, their, their abilities don't mesh well together. But I think what you need the manager to do in those situations is instead of trying to continue to jam a square peg into a round hole, you have to pay, play your most effective players in their best position, which will allow them to generate the biggest impact. So, and it's not just play a bombing and striker and everything solved. You also have to have the style that again, gets, traffic in and around that area gets him running off of players gets support from behind him so it opens up those spaces for him to run in and that's how you get obama yang to be the most effective it's not him touching the ball on on the sideline you know running back and and supporting in defense you know half the game and and picking up the ball at the halfway line he's got to be in and around the penalty box uh you, you do that by not playing lacazette and playing him in the middle. But but again, he's insisting on either playing him or Enkedia through the middle and thinking, well, we can get by with a Yang on the left. Yeah. And and the players are yeah, rightly so, I think, are frustrated because they're looking at they're they're implementing the tactics that are given to them and they're looking around being like, What what do you want us to do now? Where do you want us to go? We we don't have anywhere to go. Can't go forward. There's no options forward. All we can do is play it back to our, our defenders and, and do it do it over again. Clearly clearly Arteta doesn't know who his starting eleven is. I mean and that clearly shows maybe maybe because there was no there was not there wasn't that much preseason. Maybe he couldn't test some of the players. I d I don't know. But like it's clear that he hasn't he doesn't know who his starting eleven is, which is a big problem. Um I think you touched on Lacazette and um, some of the some a few Arsenal uh, groups that I'm I'm part of on Facebook saying um, that he is, he should not see the pitch ever again. And somebody like I think a friend of mine in in our chat group was saying that he uh, Lacazette kind of reminds me of uh, reminds him of Gonzalo Higuain, very talented but very very lazy very like they they're not they, they don't take their opportunities and chances and they really get more pissed off instead of trying to play better like he he clearly missed the and and, and I don't want to talk I don't, like I mean yeah I want to talk about that that goal but like that that was disallowed but he missed an open chance like it just the ball grazed his head like he wasn't going fully into it to, to that that second chance from Tierney, like I don't know what like this guy. I I find him so lazy. I just I can't yeah, stand the guy. Uh, physically, he looks you know not up to it right now. Um, and you just you look at his what what is he doing on the pitch? If 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 not to, again taking those chances, obviously that that's the obvious. Okay, yeah. What is what is a, what is a striker out there to do? But but he's not he's not. This this hold up play, which people are saying oh, that's why he's in there. He, he's not doing that. He got absolutely bullied by Johnny Evans for most of the match. Um, <laughs> he's not creating anything. He's not he's not dropping deep, turning, 
and 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 raising tempo and, and bringing players in. He's not doing that. He's not he's not creating shots for himself. Number nine, you need, you need number nine to be a shot monster. Harry Kane is a shot monster. He gets the ball in around the penalty box. He's getting shots off. When was the last time you can remember Lacazette like receiving the ball in, in a half space in and around the box, shifting, you know, shoulder faint, drop of the shoulder, He's terrible on his like right, that. And, and he doesn't get shots. He no. doesn't get shots off. So, um, you know, what is he, what is he doing? He, he's not he's not he's not an effective offensive player right now. And yes, he needs to be benched or he needs to play in Europa League to to, to get to get minutes, get confidence, or, or or you just don't play him. But problem is again. 53 million pounds. Yeah. Pepe, 72 million pounds. Pe- Pepe, we, you know, we may have to write off, you know, uh, this summer. Shit. I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I trust in his ability and his talent, um, but it's not, it's not coming to fruition. You know, it just isn't. No. Um, you know, and, and again, it doesn't look like the setup for him matches his strengths or his ability. But again, it seems like we've bought players without a identity and, and and that's fair because listen, this, this is we we bought bought Lacazette and Bobby Yang in the last year of anger, correct? Right? Yeah. Um, Emery came in. We bought Pepe. Um, those guys are gone. The executives are are gone. Who 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 made these deals happen? So you know you you cannot. And we've seen this as successful clubs and the unsuccessful clubs. If you're going to have success, you have to have a, a style, an identity, a philosophy. And you have to you have to go and buy players who match that. You don't just go buy players and then say, "Well, we'll figure it out," or "We'll figure out what ide- our identity is based on the players we bought." Well, you might not be able to do that because those players may not gel together, and that's that's what I think we're seeing, and that's why I think we're seeing a lack of of chances created. And a lack of, of I mean, more than anything else, we're 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 terribly boring to watch right now. Excruciating. I mean, just, just speaking from a supporter standpoint, I mean, obviously you want to win and, and yeah. trophies and all that, compete, but you know, we're more you you want to you you want to enjoy your team when you're watching that. Yeah. And <laughs> my God, we're lucky we're not in we're not in uh, England where we have to pay fifteen pound. That's, to, to yeah. watch some of these matches, but can you imagine paying fifteen pound to watch that? I Sunday? saw I saw an AFTV um, video, and they're going absolutely nuts because of paying that um, oh, yeah. fourteen quid or whatever. But um, yeah, no, watching Arsenal playing is like watching an MLS team play right now. It's very boring. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just I I watch TFC obviously because I support them, but. It, they are just an MLS team right now. It's so bad. Um, but like l- looking looking clearly at the problem right now, which is cr- a lack of creativity, lack of that Cazola player that I call it. Mm-hmm. We haven't had one. Do you think the decision to bring in and, – and I'm not trying to say anything about Thomas Partey. Like I think he's a phenomenal player from what I've seen so far. Um, very team-oriented player all that but was he necessary it clearly clear clear as day to me he was not the necessary signing we needed and we clearly needed a playmaker which was that Aurar guy mm-hmm. like do you think they made like for me personally i don't think they made the right decision in bringing in thomas Partey, and they were just looking for some a big name to sign well i i, I think thomas is the right player that we need um, 
I, I just I don't think he's the only player. Right. I, th- I think I think again I think we have a Granit Xhaka problem where we need yes we need an OR and a party. Um, whether we didn't have the money for both, which is logical, or we couldn't get it done with with OR himself, you know, it was a player issue. You know, I don't know. But either way, yeah, the, the team is is still incomplete, and we still have some redundancy, um, which is which is why it's frustrating to continue. When, when something isn't working and you don't see really the, the green shoots of, of hope in that personnel, you know, again, where are guys like Reese Nelson, Emil Smith Rowe, hell, even Joe Willick. I'm not his biggest fan from yeah, a technical standpoint. That's true. But what he does, what he does do is, is take the ball, turn and, and dribble. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, as crazy, as, as simple as that sounds, we don't have guys who do that. No. Ceballos isn't that guy. He's a receiver, touch it one, two times, move it around. Shaka, obviously we know. I think Party can do that a little bit, but he's obviously instructed. He's, he's, he's sitting, and he's the only midfielder. He, he literally had times you look up yeah, and receive the ball. He had, he had four Leicester players in front of him. No one else. No one else directly you know, to, to pass forward. So um, you either change your personnel, change your tactics, do both. But right now we're not doing any. We're, we're not doing any of that. We're, we're 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 running out the same same system, same players. Yeah. And we're now we're getting the same results, which we're suffering for. Teams teams are clearly noticing a pattern here with Arsenal. It's something that's got to be changed because like Ceballos was horrible this game, mis misplaced passes like nobody's business. And I, real real quick, just just to touch on Lacazette, and yeah, not, yeah cool. you know, but we're we're analyzing this. So again, I think it's fair not to, you know, <laughs> not to really shit on him or anything. But um, he he averages one point six shots per match in the Premier League in three hundred forty nine minutes. That mm-hmm. ranks him fifty fourth in the entire league. That's terrible. That's behind. He's behind uh, Stuart Armstrong. He's behind Trent Alexander Arnold, who's a right back, by the way. Um, <laughs> he's tied with John Joe Shelby. Oh, he's a killer. Um, who else is he behind? He's behind. Um, let's see similar minutes. Um, Pe- Pedro Neto takes more shots than him. He's a he's a winger for Wolves. Yeah, in a, in a Wolves. back three system. Um, you know, Giovanni Lo Celso has more shots per game than him. He's Jesus a central Christ. midfielder. Um, Daniel James averages more shots and he's a terrible player for Manchester United. Um, Ashley Barnes uh, averages more shots than Alexander Lacazette. Um, Che Adams for Southampton. Eve Basuma, who's a midfielder for Brighton, averages 2.2 shots per game. So I, I could go on, but my point is, uh, yeah, back to our personnel. Uh, they're just, they're not, their output is, is abysmal right now. I'm pretty sure so, Giroud's Output I don't know if Drew would have been even played. No, oh yeah, yeah. no, no. no yeah, but I'm saying, definitely. like back yeah. in the day, like it, when you were speaking about hold up play, about inviting the exactly. the play in strong yep. force. I I almost would have rather have kept Giroud aside uh, instead of bringing in Lacazette because Giroud, even though he was slow and he was stupid at times, but he was a workhorse. He was a bull. He was a beast he would invite the play in and then he would make that run and he had phenomenal goals scored for arsenal i was mind boggled when they let him go but like like i said is nowhere near that 
Like he is no. just a lazy asshole who thinks like he's he's a child. He's very childish. You could tell. Like he gets pissed off. And like I'm not trying to knock on the guy. I'm I'm you know, he's more athletic than any of us complaining about him would be, but I'm just saying like f- like play, like go out there and yeah. play and yeah. he, clearly... he does he, he he loses his duels. Yeah. And then he goes and he goes around and 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 just flies into people and and I mean, he's probably got to be average. Let's see if I can pull this up on fouls. Yeah, I can. I think I can. No, anyways, fouls. <laughs> I'm gonna see. I'm gonna, sorry. We're gonna, we're gonna look at up. Oh, he's seventh in the league. He's at two point four fouls. Fouls, yeah, because he because so, he, when he loses the ball, he goes crazy yeah. and he goes and, and and tries to get it back in a stupid way. Yeah. So so your center forward is is. Two point four fouls a game, one point six shots per game. That's terrible. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a a footballing expert. I, I don't think that's good. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, Do listen, you... I you know, got you know, guy we should have bought. Remember this debate going on on Twitter? Uh, instead of Pepe, we should have bought Wilfred Zaha. Mm. Right? There's a guy receives the ball in those in those lanes in those zones, runs at defenders. Creates chances out of nothing. Just give him the ball, and he and he creates. He dribbles. He passes. He shoots. But wasn't wasn't Wenger's like concern with him was he's too childish, too immature? Like I mean, clearly, clearly he didn't do anything at at United when they bought him. Well, I, I, yeah, I don't think he was ready for that United move. He, when he went there, he was still early twenties. I think that was too soon. I think now he, he's oh, he's a great player. Into, yeah, I mean, you can see his, his, his output so far this season. But um, and I think last season he was impacted by not getting the transfer. And I think that he was down, um, you know, yeah, like. Yeah, I mean. Again, 70, 72 million for Pepe. I, I'm not I'm not mad at Pepe that we paid 72 million. Yeah, you can't right? be mad. He had nothing. It's not his fault, but yeah. shit. Like we said, we said you buy you buy a player, you know, we're not like. We're not like City or United or or these teams where if you if you miss on a big transfer, you can send them on loan. You can ship them up. You know we can sell them for thirty five million and then and then go buy another sixty five million pound player to replace. Can you say, oh, you know what, didn't work? Yeah. All right, let's 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 just do it. Let's do it over again. Well, his values drop. We can't do that. No. Now now we may have to sell him for thirty million back to France or somewhere else, but we're not going to be able to drop another 70 million on, on the right player now where the right player is Zaha. He's going to be 28, 29 and it's, it's too late. Yeah. It, so again, you know, we talked about, you can't, you can't miss, you can't miss. We, we've missed too many times on guys. We, it, we missed on, we missed on Mustafi. We missed on Lacazette. Um, we, right now we're missing on Saliba. Um, you know, we, 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 we missed on Cedric. We missed on Pablo Marie, even though it's early. Um, we, we've missed on Guendouzi now, right? Um, is it, so we, we, we missed on Colosseum. Oh my so, God. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's, there's too many, there's, when, there, when there's more misses than there are hits, you know, we, you know, that, that, that's, that's how you have an uneven, unbalanced and underperforming side, which is what we have. Do you, do you think at some point Arteta has to hit a breaking point where, I mean, I think I think he's already missed it. Five games into the Premier League, uh, I think it's too late. Like, I mean, like something has to change. Something he has to change the dynamic of this team somehow. Whether, like, I mean, last season uh, or the restart, 
he was playing these young players that were performing the Maitland Niles, the even, even Joe Willick, which I don't rate him very much, but he was performing. What, what, what do you think is the sudden change in not using these players? I, I don't, I don't know, especially with a truncated summer break and, and truncated preseason. Um, you know, you've got these guys at your disposal. Um, right. You know, you 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 know you're gonna have you're gonna have to rely on them at some point, whether it's through injury, through rotation, whether you want to or not. Yeah, I, I don't know why you wouldn't do that early on and give them confidence. I mean, I think Joe Willick had 25 starts last year. Yeah. So I mean, I get it. Like, you know, okay, listen, if you're playing a three man midfield, and yeah, you're on paper, you're gonna always start Thomas, Jaka, and Ceballos, but uh, yeah, at some point you got you, something has to, make to change. Cho- yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to make a choice. Do these guys not work? Does the system not work, or do, are both of them not working? And we have to make changes to both. And he, again, he's the manager. It's his responsibility to see that and to to make take action. Quick, so. qu- quick question: It uh, go, going back to the disallowed goal. Right. Some people are saying mm-hmm. it was offside. Some people are saying that he was impeding the goalie, which I think neither um, were uh, were an issue. I think coming from a perspective like me, uh, who is a referee, clearly not of that stature, but I do ref. Um, looking at those, clearly he was not impeding Cash or Schme- uh, Schmeichel there because he he moves. Schmeichel goes to the other side. Uh, clearly he could have he could have saved it, but he didn't. Doesn't touch the ball. And we all know that, and we can't. Obviously, we can't change the decisions or whatever. But that goal counts, Ryan. Does that would 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 it would it have ended one one, or do you think Arsenal could have made a push and actually have won this game? I think it probably changes the makeup of the match if we score that goal early on. Um, maybe it forces Leicester to not be as compact and. and push out a bit more in the first half. Maybe we get a second, um, and, you know, and, and that that's a whole different dynamic of the match. But, you know, listen, again, we can't be sitting here talking about because we got a poor referee decision Yeah, is the reason we didn't score one goal. Right. And I think that that's what it comes down to is we're, we're looking at that because, you know, then there's, there's lack of such chance that he misses. But other than that, the quality chances just weren't, just weren't there. Yeah, just yeah. And, and and you and you you need to be able to do more. Again, thinking about it from a coaching and a player standpoint, mm-hmm. you can't say, "Well, everything else is fine if it wasn't for those bloody VAR." You know, yeah, like no. if you if you do think that, then you're you're it's a losing mentality, and, yeah. and you're not you're not you're not right for this club. I, I, and I don't think that's what the players or the coach thinks, but. No. Yeah, you have to look at it as as we didn't do enough, and we simply didn't. Yeah, and 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 I mean, Arteta did state that in his press conference where he says, you know, you know, it was a decision that was made. I can't I can't dwell on it. We just played bad, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, some things have to change for the next game because I mean, the matches are gonna be coming thick and thin, and you're gonna be playing against opponents like Manchester United, who we're playing this weekend. But before that, obviously, I think we do have another European match on Thursday, so that's mm-hmm. why Arsenal once again are playing on Sunday, which sucks balls. But um, 
yeah, clearly some things have to change. And, and on speaking of of changing the team dynamic or whatnot, you know, may, maybe the decisions of Amezet Ozil. I mean, even him, surely him of his quality, clearly he's not the player that he used to be, but he can see those passes. He can make those passes. And on a good day, Mezut could be the best player on the pitch. So my question to you, um, obviously Mezut came out last week or whatever saying um, that trust is something that's hard to come by or something along those na- uh, along that nature. And then Arteta came out because he was questioned about it before the, the game against Vienne. Um, he says that it's his decision. Arteta's decision solely it wasn't the board it wasn't anybody from the higher-ups it was his decision not to play but there's contradiction there because week in and week out Ozil has been training with the first team he has been saying he was looking good he looks like he can start a game blah 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 but now he's coming out and saying that just clearly he just he's made the decision and it's a hard one that Ozil has been excluded from the squad. So I guess my thing is what do you what do you read into that like there's contradiction there. Yeah, if, again, there's so many layers and it's almost a pointless to talk about but considering it, it's it's a done deal. It's it's over. It's it's not, not there's no there's no uh, other way this is going to end. Um it's a weird one because I mean, Ozil, I think started, I think I'm right in the, the first 13 matches after Arteta took over. So it's not as if Arteta took one look at Ozil in training from day one. and was like, nah, this guy's an asshole. He's a cancer. Yeah. He doesn't work. He, I mean, he started him, you know, for, for months. And then, so, so where did it all go wrong for, you know, so I don't think this is purely a footballing decision. I, I don't. Yeah. Um, I really don't. I think this is a combination of probably his attitude, probably his things he's done off the pitch, said and done off the pitch that has rubbed the club executives the wrong way. Um, I think there's a financial aspect to it as well in terms of appearances and bonus money. And, and you know, um, they're there. They know his contract is a stinker. So I think they said, can we, if we treat this guy like shit and freeze him <laughs> out and freeze him out, can we get him off the books in the summer? Mm. I think that was what the plan was. Um, that, that didn't happen. Um, and so now they're stuck with a player who, right whether you want to agree or disagree is is malcontent who's upset because he's not playing and he's not given an opportunity to earn his contract um and so now that the club has done that they that was their that was they went all in in getting them out this summer as soon as that didn't happen well you you can't you can't play him because you look you look like a mug you look like fools and that sends the message um i think the players the club in the clubhouse they know the situation I think they back Mezit personally, but they also know that this is what happens at clubs. Mm-hmm. Got some guys just get ostracized for, you know, whatever reason. Sometimes it's personality. Sometimes it's mostly it's financial. That's what this is. It's financial. And they just, you know, what, what can they do? You know, are they going to have a revolt? No. I mean, they want to play. 
you know, and, and Mezzet, I think, has been really very good about what he's said or really what he hasn't said in terms of his, yeah. his you know, being upset at the situation, which, you know, any, any of us would, I think. I think he's been very positive. Now people say he's trolling or he's taking a piss with his, you know. <laughs> um, uh, the very creative James Madison, who I think he tweeted about, right? Which, okay, you know what? At this point, fine. Like, I don't blame him for taking the piss on social media, even though he's doing it in a, in a positive way. Because what do you want him to do? You tell him to show up and train. He trains. He's healthy. Yeah. And you and you and you you excluded him from the from the squad. So what what, what is he supposed to do? He's be, I think he's basically winning. I mean, he's still collecting a paycheck. You know, so you're still paying him. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're stupid. Narr- you know, it depends the narrative you want to believe, right? Like, oh, this is what he always wanted. He just he's just collecting money. He doesn't care about the team. He doesn't want to play. I don't, I don't think he I don't does. Think, I don't. I yeah. don't think it's. I don't think it's that straightforward. I think he's a footballer. The guy. I mean, he wants to play. Yeah, clearly. Whether at this whether at this point the business side of things has beaten him down so much, where he he's not as as hungry to to go and you know, okay, well take me out on loan and I'll sacrifice half my wages just to go kick a ball. Right. No, probably not. But also like he shouldn't have to. That's right. Arsenal, Arsenal gave him the contract. If you want, if what Arsenal should do the right thing, the ethical thing, pay him out of his contract and, and cancel it. Yeah. But they won't like they do did with Mick, They did with Mkhitaryan, you know, here, here's all your money that we owe you. Just go fuck off. We don't want you here. You can go find another team to play football. You can still get all your money that's owed to you, and we'll just we'll divorce ourselves and and, and split. That's it. Yeah, they they should do because there's no they're getting no benefit from. They they have to pay him anyways, but it, now all it's doing is is creating this. It's just this negative. Strife. It's negative yeah. uh, negative outlook on on social media or whatever. But right. yeah, it, it'd be. Well, I don't know where they go from there. Uh, so, but yeah. I mean, it was just so, it was just interesting all of that stuff coming out. So, um. W- where do we go from here? I mean, clearly, we, and we keep inching towards that, you know, Mikel Arteta sort of Arteta out. Yeah, I can I can almost hear it already. Like, surely he has, like, there has to be change. But will it come? Like, where does Arsenal go from here? Well, the only, only positive change that's going to matter you know, as the fixtures are, as you said, are, they're coming and they're not stopping is in results. So, um, I mean, I'm not going to say a, a massive performance against the mighty Dundalk is going to <laughs> alleviate all the concerns because now we, then it's Manchester United on Sunday. Right. Ugh. So uh, you could, you could be Dundalk four nil and then come out and, ha- you know, have a future performance against United and guess what? Dundalk, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. Play the kids. I think so. I, I think that's the Europa League should be used for. I mean, if you're telling me your your mixture of reserves and starters, which, okay, to be fair, he kind of played against Austria, but not really. Tell me your reserves can't at least finish second in a group with Austria VN. Is it sorry, Rapid VN? Uh, Dundalk and Molda. Then. Then, then this club's got bigger problems than all of us yeah, really recognize. Yeah, they're playing their best so, players. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Play, yeah, player kit. I mean, yeah. Where, where again, Reese Nelson, where are you? Willick. 
you know, in Kedia. Playing Kedia as a striker, he's not a left winger. You, again, you play played him out on the left. He's, he's no good out there. How, you have, surely you recognize that. You see him every day in training. You know, so he's a he's a penalty box striker. If you're going to play him, play him in the fucking penalty box. Yeah, even not, play I, I, don't, I don't think it. I don't think it's that complicated. I don't. I don't know why it, it's, it appears to be. Yeah. For for this manager right now, but I think I think he's overthinking things. He, he's too much in his head. Um, and again, that's that's a problem, especially when things aren't going well. Because then you start saying, okay, how can I, how can I, get out of this almost self imposed rut? by making these more of these intricate, you know, complex adjustments that don't need to be made in the first place. Yeah. But, you know, again, results matter, results talk, and he's got a bunch of them coming up to, to make. And that's ultimately what's going to decide the fate of this season. And, you know, again, like all, any, all managers, the fate of their career is, is <laughs> you get more dubs than losses. That, that's what needs to happen. Yeah. It, it, um, it, I could, I could just, we're getting to that point where you're going to start seeing a lot of toxic, uh, like toxic people talking about Arteta out. Will that happen? I don't know. Well, we have yet to see, but there are the little whispers. So, um, yeah, like you said, results, results have to happen. Um, change has to happen, uh, with, with teams. And of course, once again, uh, we're 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 just fans out here. We can analyze the hell out of this. And clearly we, we, you know, we're, is we don't know everything that's happening in the club. This is just us having some fun, very therapeutic. So, um, Ryan, yeah, we've exercised the demons um, mm-hmm. off of this one. So, thank you very much for coming on, man. It was great talking with you. Um, we'll, uh, I guess, we'll have to have our hearts broken again on Sunday, maybe. Uh, but uh, but it is against Manchester United. Uh, so I have a buddy of mine. Uh, he's a Mad United fan, so it'll be a good banter. Um, aside from that, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Mario. Good talking to you as always, man. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week, guys. Thank you.